Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shear, as a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. That's 888-226-7614. You can also find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. That's kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can sign up for a free consultation on the online there. You can shoot us an email, <clears throat> whatever you need to do. I'm going to continue a series uh, from the final tithe uh, that we started uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the final tithe is, is a conversation that we're having regarding including the kingdom in your estate plan. It's including the kingdom in your estate plan. First uh, episode of the final time, we talked about ownership and that God owns it all. And we are simply managing the assets of God that he has entrusted, uh, entrusted us with. We can see that in, in Haggai, um, that that the, the silver and the gold is God's. It, it, it all belongs to him. He has never relinquished ownership to us. And it's very important to understand ownership because we go through life maybe being good stewards, maybe uh, giving our tithes and offerings. And at our death, we become thieves because we just say, well, it's all ours. We're just going to give it to our kids or grandkids or whatever and not include what, what belongs to God back to the kingdom. So with that, with that understanding that God owns it all, we, we then spoke about wills. Um, and I encourage you to go back and listen to that particular episode. After that, we talk, uh, We spoke on uh, utilization of the different uh, types of trusts, uh, revocable, irrevocable, uh, and that trusts are an opportunity for grasp beyond the grave. Uh, once again, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode because it all falls together. Today, I'm going to talk to you uh, about something that, that you should all enjoy because it's free. <clears throat> it is a, an estate planning technique uh, that is free for you to use. But it takes action. You've got to do it. All right. It's not hard, but you have to do it. It's it's simply beneficiary designations. Now, when people think of beneficiary designations, they're often thinking of life insurance, which is true. Um, many people think of maybe qualified accounts, 401ks, 457s, 403bs, IRAs, Roth IRAs. Once again, qualified accounts have an opportunity for beneficiary designations. Once again, true. What many people miss, what many people miss is opportunities to use beneficiary designations on their bank accounts and non-qualified investment accounts. Okay, now let's talk about banks first. So what can you do at your bank? What can you do at your bank uh, to make sure that we, number one, uh, avoid the use of probate when possible? Sometimes we need to fund probate, so maybe, you know, and, and I encourage you to speak to your attorney about that, but we don't need to overfund probate with cash. 
You know, the the person, the executor of your estate needs some available cash to pay for bonds and, and liquidations, that kind of thing. Um, but we don't want, uh, uh, you know, a million dollars of cash going through your probate uh, when it could have been set up through a beneficiary designation. Okay. So when we're talking about banks, what we're, we're talking about is an acronym called P.O.D. So Paul Oscar David, P.O.D. P.O.D. stands for payable on death. So you can add payable on death to your certificates of deposit. Many times your money markets or money market accounts and savings accounts and even checking accounts. Payable on death. What that means is that it doesn't go through probate. What, what it means is that a person can show up with your, with your death certificate if they are the beneficiary of a P.O.D. and basically assume the assets. Now... It is a good, good use of, of what's available to us. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, many people don't do that at the banks. A lot of times what we see is people putting their children on their checking account. You know, I'm going to put Johnny or Susie on my checking account. That's okay. All right, but it really isn't estate planning. All right, that's just, that is just a what if. And that what if should have been handled back in the, the first episode when we talked about wills and powers of attorney. Okay, so that what if should be taken care of then. By adding names to a checking account, you've got to be careful that, that number one, the person that you're putting on there is a good steward. You know, they're not going through divorces. They're not going through bankruptcies. They're not going through Medicaid spend down. They're not, it's just a number of things that can go wrong with that. Uh, and I don't normally recommend it. That is what a power of attorney is for. A power of attorney can go ahead and pay your bills and, and, and do what needs to be done out of your checking account without creating the liability of being on your checking account. Does that make sense? Same things with savings account. I, I, unfortunately, I see many people just saying, well, I'm going to put my kids on my checking account now. It's not necessarily a good idea. But if you want to talk about that, I'd be happy to talk. I would, I would rather you talk to an attorney about that. Um, and, and then double check with me <laughs> and just say, well, this is the advice that I got. What do you think? Because I'm going to come at it from a biblical standpoint. Is this a good planning technique with, with, uh, a modern day applicable, uh, um, policies and regulations regarding taxation and passing of estates, that kind of thing. So I'm going to give you some help there, but I still think you need to utilize an attorney to, to, number one, get the will in effect, get the power of attorney in effect, then we can have that conversation. Um, so payable on death, utilized by banks, checking accounts, savings accounts, certificates of deposit, money markets. All right? I did not say safety deposit box. I'm going to say it again. I did not say safety deposit box. Safety deposit box is a strange animal. All right? People don't use them as much as they used to. Used to, everybody would put their, their, their valuables in a safety deposit box. Let me warn you <laughs> that if you've got your will and your trust and your life insurance contracts and everything in your safety deposit box and you're the only one with their name on there and there's no other, no other consideration for who else can open that box and you die, guess what happens until that your estate is settled? Which is probably not going to happen because everything is in the safety deposit box. You cannot do that, people. Don't put all of those things in there without adding someone else's name to the safety deposit box. There's where it comes into play. You know, that's when you can put Johnny or Jill on your safety deposit box. All right. 
I, I just, I personally, right now, I cannot name one one client or one friend or acquaintance of anyone who has a safety deposit box. I did have a guy that did. He had <clears throat> uh, about fifty thousand dollars worth of silver coins and a couple of old uh, uh, Colt pistols in there, and I'm like. And I told him, I said, you better put somebody else's name on there. And he did. And lo and behold, about two years later, he got hit by a train and was killed. Very fortunate that they could get into that safety deposit box. Uh, Two years earlier, it it would have happened. He only had his name on there. That was not good planning. All right. So you understand. So the things I'm going through today are not difficult by any stretch. They are not difficult. You haul yourself down to the bank. Have an idea who you're going to uh, uh, put on as payable on death. It's no different than than your other estate planning. Who do I want to include? Now, the, the great thing about your checking account, savings account, certificates of deposit, if they're non-qualified, the money markets, is it is non-qualified. It's not taxable assets, which means that it's a good tool to use in estate planning. It is a good tool uh, to possibly pass on to living, breathing people. Um, so if you say, you know, I want uh, Johnny to get 50% and I want Jill to get 50%, utilizing bank assets is not a bad idea, okay? Now, listen, uh, th- that is a blanket statement, and you need a thorough estate planning review, a thorough estate planning review, uh, but it, it could be tagged as money that goes to uh, family members, for example, um, versus charitable organizations. Charitable organizations, I'm looking for qualified money. All right, I'm looking for IRAs, 401ks, that kind of thing that we, we start pushing towards um, charitable organizations, the church, the kingdom, the taking, you know, uh, we got good instruction. You know, take care of the needy, the poor, the widows, the sick, the orphans. That's what we do as, as believers. And using qualified assets, which becomes a non-taxable transfer of assets to a qualified benefit. A, a, a charitable organization is a good uh, estate planning technique. <clears throat> now, are you with me? Is everybody under? We're, we're up to this point of of just utilizing what is available to us. And I'm I'm actually surprised that most people don't know that you can add a POD payable on death to the, your accounts at the bank. I just had a conversation yesterday with a gentleman who said, I, "Jay, I did what you what you said, and I went to two of the banks." And they said they, they took care of it right away. And another one says, uh, "Well, I can't. I can only divide it equally among my beneficiaries. I can only divide it equally." So he had three beneficiaries, and he wanted to do like forty five, forty five, ten. And they said, "No, no, no. It has to be thirty three and a third, thirty three. And he's like, "Well, I've never heard of that." And they're like, "Well, that's how we do it here." He said, "Jay, what do we do?" <clears throat> I said, "Well, if you're you know if your feet are, are firmly uh, entrenched." Um, then move your money out of the bank and take it to another bank. <clears throat> or you rebalance at a bank that actually allows you to use percentages uh, other than equal disbursements, and we can even it out that way. I said, but personally, I you know I don't think I would deal with that bank. Uh, it sounds like they're old and antiquated. Um, something I don't like it. Ended up being some type of credit union. I, I, I don't know. But the... <clears throat> uh, as another gentleman who had done very well in life and had no idea because the people at the bank aren't telling you that. They're just not. Um, unless you walk in and then they have to figure out where to print the form from. But it is available. Okay? And it is a great use because what happens when you do that? 
is it prevents it from going to probate. When it prevents it from going to probate, that means that there's someone that's probably not getting a percentage of the assets when it's not going through probate. So if you had $100,000, now listen to me here. This is critical. If you had $100,000 in your checking savings money market, okay, whatever, $100,000, and you allow that to go through probate and your attorney takes 3% to, to probate your estate, basically handle the assets, you know, with your executor, etc. You just lost $3,000. When if you would have added a payable on death on there, ta-da, you don't pay the $3,000, okay? So I'm giving you some great free advice today that you could use that will, that will retain assets. It's a, it's an act of good stewardship. Now let's let's move on to uh, a couple of other things. What else can you add beneficiaries to? Real estate is not one of those things. For the most part, you can't add a a a, a beneficiary to uh, brick and mortar real estate. You can you can set up a living estate, uh, which allows you to do some things. Speak with an attorney about that. A lot of that is included in Medicaid spend-down planning or Medicaid planning. But real estate's not one of those things. Hard assets, things that you could touch, kick, lick, smell, uh, you know, guns, antiques, coin collections. You, you're not normally putting beneficiary designations on. That stuff is going through the will or the trust, depending on what you have. All right? So most people, it would go through the will. <clears throat> But what can we use beneficiaries to? <coughs> I mentioned earlier, qualified assets. IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, um, that, that qualified assets. But here's another term I'm going to give you. Because I'm still talking, I want to talk about non-qualified. So non-qualified assets at the bank payable on death. Non-qualified assets through an investment account. Transfer on death, TLD. TLD. If you would go through my list of clients, every account that's not an, uh, a qualified has a TLD on it. Transfer on death. Literally every account. Transfer on death. Why? Because I don't want it going through probate. You know, sometimes we will direct money into probate for the executor to have cash on hand to pay certain things. But I don't want an attorney doing something where Jay Shures actually did the planning on setting up the transfer on deaths and the payable on deaths. Um, but it's going through probate and uh, someone's taking 2-3% uh, to, to handle that probate. And I, I just I don't think it's good stewardship. Now I'm going to get some hate calls from attorneys you understand that right? They don't, uh, attorneys are not my best friend uh, many times. I've, I've some of them that understand that I'm actually trying to save the client money, yeah, they're like, okay, all right, Jay, yeah, we, you know, we, we get it, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I've seen some, some really horrid stories over the last uh, quarter of a century. But regardless, a good estate planning attorney will get you pointed in the right direction, and there are some good estate planning attorneys out there. But a transfer on death is an individual account or jointly owned account. All right, individual account or jointly owned account. So let's say John Smith owns um, a brokerage account at um, you know XYZ uh, you know investment firm. You can add a transfer on death on there. Transfer on death is going to allow you to set up beneficiaries, just like a life insurance. 
just like your 401k, your IRAs, just like the, the payable on death of the bank. You get percentages, you get to say where it goes, that type of thing. Um, <clears throat> if it's a jointly owned account, then it's a joint transfer on death, which means after the death of the second owner. Now, it's, it is it is revocable, all right? So if the, if the first person passes away and the second person says, well, I don't want to keep the transfer on death the way that it was, they could change it. All right. So if, if there are some things there, maybe it's your second or third marriage because of being a widow or widower, widower and your intention was uh, to make sure that certain family members got assets, you got to be careful using the transfer on death because the surviving uh, account owner can make changes. They could say, ah, I'm going to change that. Um, my stepchildren don't talk to me. They don't show up to Christmas. I don't get a birthday card. I'm not going to keep them on there. And I've seen it happen uh, actually more than I would like. Uh, and I hate being put in that position where they say, well, you know, if they're not talking to me, I'm like, yeah, but what did your, your deceased spouse want? Uh, that's really morally, that's what it, it, it comes down to. So if you want to make sure that it happens, you've got to, you've got to do things differently. <clears throat> uh, possibly utilizing, uh, uh, splitting the account, maybe doing two individual accounts <coughs> or, utilizing your life insurance or utilizing whatever um there are ways around that to make sure that these things happen utilization of the will or the trust is another way so <clears throat> what i've talked about today is utilizing a transfer on death at a bank to avoid probate <coughs> and to name uh beneficiaries okay that includes charitable organizations but I'm telling you, you you really need to best acclimate yourself to that tax. It's what it is. It's tax planning, people. It's tax efficient planning. We utilize qualified assets for charitable organizations when possible. That is my opinion because it, it is a full transfer of assets. It's not being taxed to the charitable organization if if they are a legitimate charitable organization. If you say I'm going to give fifty uh, percent of my IRA. <clears throat> because I'm, I'm uh, you know, my, my spouse has deceased me. Uh, the, the, no one is living off this income. I'm going to give it to my children. They're going to be taxed because that is, now I'm talking about traditional IRAs. I'm not talking about uh, a, a Roth right now. Traditional IRAs are going to be taxed. 401Ks are going to be taxed. 403Bs are going to be taxed. Uh, annuities, qualified or non-qualified, they're going to be taxed. If it's qualified, non-qualified, doesn't make a difference. Uh, one of the reasons I don't use annuities a whole lot uh, in that situation because, <clears throat> unless it's going to a charitable organization, because that, that gain on that annuity contract is taxed as ordinary income. There's no step up to a non-qualified annuity. It's not that great of planning uh, in a lot of situations. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But you've got to have somebody that has, a, a, <clears throat> has an understanding of that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there slinging uh, equity indexed annuities in in all situations, uh, and we're like, you, you, maybe you don't understand the taxable event <clears throat> that's going to happen to uh, beneficiaries based on on the taxation issues of a non qualified annuity. If there's significant gain and you haven't taken them, you haven't taken income from it. It's kind of ugly. So, once again, now I'm going to get hate phone calls from from life insurance agents. And please understand, I've been a licensed life insurance person, uh, life health accident, whatever, for 25 years. So, 
if you're going to pick that fight, be careful. I'm, I, I know my way around that arena. Um, <clears throat> annuities are great products if they're used correctly. I know there's a lot of people that, that you know, I'm getting off on a on dirt road here. I know a lot of people don't like annuities. Annuities are great products in certain situations. I, I, I absolutely use them frequently if the situation dictates. But w- today we're talking about the final tithe, funding the kingdom, or including the kingdom in your estate planning. Uh, and we're talking about beneficiary designations, whether it's transfer on death or payable on death, or just simply making sure that you have a named beneficiary. Okay? that That's where I want you to call me. Jay, I've got this. Can I put a beneficiary on it? And I'm going to say, <laughs> see or no? Yes or no? Yeah, you can. No, you can't. Um, that, that Unless that's free advice. You know, run it past me. I'll tell you in 30 seconds or less uh, it, it, how to, to do that. Shoot me an email, whatever. It, you don't have to be very specific. I'm not asking for account numbers, dates of birth. Just say, Jay, I've got this. What do you think? Can can I do this? Jay, I've got these three things. What do you think? And, and you know, that's what, uh, that's what I'm here for. Kingdom-oriented type of uh, financial planning advice, okay? Including the kingdom in your estate plan, the final tithe. Uh, I think we are called to do that. I'm going to stop it right there. I, I don't want to overload you with information. I think the biggest thing that people probably learn today is that you could add payable on death to accounts at the bank because a lot of people don't do it and they should. Everything else normally has a, a name beneficiary to it, except I see a lot of people with non-qualified investment accounts that don't have transfers on death. Once again, that is a mistake. That is a mistake. You need to fix that. If you need help, call me, 888-226-7614. Shoot me a message through kingdomplanadvisory.com. Sign up for a consultation. Uh, reach out. We'll just talk on the phone. <clears throat> COVID-friendly, uh, social distancing, all that all that uh, good stuff. So, the <clears throat> pray on these, these types of subjects that I share with you. Because the, the real issue here is, Jay... You're giving us uh, advice on including the kingdom in our state plan. The real question is, how much and how do I do it? And that's what we're answering through this series, this podcast series, The Final Tithe. Once again, if you have questions, ask. I'll be happy to help you. God bless. God bless. And if you need prayers, specific prayers through this process, please ask. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.